The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Um, it's, uh, it's, and we're so glad that you could be here with us and those on the broadcast, uh, um, 80, 87.9, I think it is, FM. Uh, we're glad that you could join us tonight. So we're talking about, we're talking about trials and tribulation. And a lot of times, we, we started off by saying a lot of times, people think that when Christians go through a trial, that they must have sinned. You must, not, you must be doing something wrong. You're going through a, a trial, man, you must, you must have really ticked God off, you know. That was the mindset. And it, it, it grew in the, in the 80s and 90s and to the point where people thought that if they got sick, if they, came, if they, if they had a cancer, if they ended up with glaucoma or cataracts or any of those things, that God somehow, they failed him or he was mad at them. And it doesn't line up with Scripture. It doesn't line up. And, and, and Peter, he was, talking to, he was talking to the churches, he was talking to people, and, and I think it's amazing. When you get to studying the, the disciples, the, the apostles, when you get to studying them, you know that, you know that John, his, his forte was love. He was John, his name means the beloved. Okay, the beloved, John the beloved. So whenever John came, he was like, he was like, hey, little children, don't you know that God loves you? Just love one another. You know, let brotherly love continue. And so when John was preaching, you got a love message, right? When the apostle Paul came in, he was like, hey, you guys better straighten up and fly right, right? I mean, the apostle Paul came in and he said, hey, you know, to the church in Corinth, right? He said, it's even rumored that one of you is sleeping with your father's wife. He said, you, that guy needs to be put out. I mean, he would come into a church and just set things in order. Boom. And then here comes Peter. And Peter was like, you know, he was, look, he was saying, look, you're going to go through various trials. You're going to, in this world, you're going to have, in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulation. And, and people were like, Okay, so you, you, you think if you contrast those guys and those, and those apostles and you, you contrast them, you're thinking, wait a minute, how can this be a message of unity? How can they be preaching the same message? But they absolutely were. How many of you ever heard that a cord of three strands is not easily broken? And so one would come in and he would, he would weave the, 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 the gospel, the message of love. The other one would come back in and say, now look, you're going to fall into trouble. You're going to fall into various trials and you're going to fall into. And then the last guy would come in and he would say, now listen, you need to straighten up and fly right. Now God, he talked about the grace of God, but he also talked about being holy. And Peter talks about being holy. Then the, the amazing thing that this is, we have to look at their qualifications. So if we look at John's qualifications, his qualification was at the Last Supper, he was the one that laid his head over on Jesus's breast and said and said you know who is it he was the disciple that Jesus loved so his message is going to be love right you look at Peter and I think a lot of us can 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 a lot of us can more relate to Peter than we can the apostle Paul 
although I love the Apostle Paul because he keeps me in line, but he keeps me in line with grace and he keeps me in line in building my faith. But I, I can relate more with Peter because Peter denied Christ. You ever denied Christ? Christ said, I want you to, I want you to do this, or it's my desire that, that you go here, or it's my desire that you be there, it's my desire that you do. And, and a lot of times, you know, the flesh gets in our way, and we're like, oh, you know. And, and, and I think that there's, there's, been a, there's been an abuse, if you, if you will, if you permit it, there's been an abuse of grace. I said, well, the Lord will understand. You know, the thing about it is, is it's not about God understanding. You're right, that God will understand. But he already knew. It's about us understanding why we don't do what the Lord wants us to do. The Bible, the Bible is not about God understanding me. The Word of God is not about God understanding me or God relating to me somehow. The, the Word of God is there so I might come to understand God and so that I might walk in holiness because we're going to find out here in a few, in a few verses where, where he says, Be ye holy, for I am holy, thus says the Lord. He doesn't say, he doesn't say oh, oh, go and do your best. And He says, Be holy, for I'm holy. Sorry, guys. It's not like t-ball. You don't get as many strikes as you want. There are, there, there are guidelines. There are rules. And, and what we see then is we see people who are either advancing in their Christian walk and they're becoming mature Christians, as the Apostle Paul would say, or we see people who are dwarfed and who are, have a diminished growth cycle in the Lord. Let me just, put, let me just throw this out there. If you've been, if you've been saved more than a year and you still don't know more than you did a year ago you're not growing there's no progress i love what ray comfort does he says he he asks he asks people how many of the commandments can you name how many of them can you name you know you think about it and he'll have people say well uh, honor your father and your mother you shall not kill you shall not steal um, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. You know, they get four, three or four. The good ones can get five. You have no other gods before me, right? And then he goes, how many beers can you name? Right? And inevitably, they can name 30 or 40 varieties of adult beverage. What's more important to you? What's more important to you? How many NFL players or NFL teams can you name, right? Then what are the, name the synoptic gospels. Name the disciples. You know, I, I, was, talking with a, I was talking with a person not too long ago, and I said, hey, um, name, how many, how many apostles, how many disciples can you name? And he said, well, that's an easy start. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <clears throat> Bad, you missed it. You missed it. You're only batting 50%. <laughs> he was like, what? They're the first four books? Yeah. Two of them weren't disciples. As a matter of fact, one was rejected. John Mark was rejected by the Apostle Paul. He sent him home. 
Because he, he started, right? Remember, he started and, and he was going on a missionary journey with them, but he was reluctant. He started his walk and then he was like, the Apostle Paul says, hey, we're going to go over here. And he's like, uh, yeah, okay, I, I might be there. And he turned around, he looked at, he looked at Barnabas, he said, get him home. He, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not, I can't use him. So that's where the Apostle Paul, man, he just, he just got right down there. He just, he just, he just didn't have any time. He knew his time was short. He knew that his time on this earth, his time on the stage, which is life, was passing. And he didn't have time for wishy-washy people in his life. And you know what? As we're going as we're going through this life, we need to understand. We need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. If God be for us, who can be against us? But we need to be for God. And we need to let people know, I'm for the Lord. We need to let people know that when, when, when it's time to be in the Lord's house, I'm going to be in the Lord's house. Because I'm going to be in His house because I want to be in His eternity. And it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. How can I say I want to be with him in eternity and I can't even come to his house a couple times a week? Right? Now think about that. There are people that I know and you know that if it was just that ratio, how much time did you spend in prayer today? How much time did you spend in the word this week? How much time have you spent worshiping God this week? You know, and let's just be honest. In, in 2020, people, a lot of people, most people that go to church don't worship at home. Most people that go to church don't read their Bible at home. Quick drive down, quick drive down the lanes at Walmart will show you Bibles in the back dash. Well, that's in case they get, you know, they have to get stuck in traffic in the traffic jam. They can reach in the way back in the back and grab their Bible. Oh, I know. Some people say, well, I got it on my phone. Uh-huh. You know, your phone keeps track. We, think we, have a tr- we have trouble thinking God keeps track, but your phone keeps track. Your phone can tell you how much time you're spending playing Candy Crush or Saga or whatever it is, or, or Candy Witch or whatever you're playing, and how much time you're on your Bible app. If man can create something that will do that, you think God don't know? I think he knows. I think he knows. Now watch this. Let me make a comparison, and then we'll get into the Scripture. The relation, the, the ratio of amount of time that we spend in the Word on our knees or, or, or fellowshipping and praising God and fellowshipping with the brethren, the, amount, the ratio of time that we spend there as to the amount of time we spend elsewhere, I think, I think speaks volumes to the condition that we're in in the world today. True. I, I, that's a truth. I, I, I just make that statement, but it's true. Do you realize a lot of people, a lot of people, when they hear about the, the, the first century church, say, oh, I want to be the first century church. No, you don't. You need to quit lying. You don't want to be like the first century church. Oh, you want that. You want to see the miracles and you want to see the healings and you want to see all that power going on. But you ain't willing to do what they were willing to do to leave sacrifice self, leaving all and forsaking all and following him. Until we get to that point where the, the church in America is going to be anemic and weak. The church in America is going to be afraid of dying. Christians in America are afraid of dying. They're afraid of, of, oh, what happens when we die? When I die, I go to see my Lord and Savior. And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to say, okay, hand me your cell phone. 
And I'm going to say, but, 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 but. He's going, no, hand me your cell phone. And he wants to see how much time I spent on Facebook. And he wants to see how much time I'm, I'm playing Candy Crush or whatever I'm playing. He wants to see how much time I've been, and then how much time I've been on my Bible app, right? How much time have we spent doing this? And how much time have we spent doing that? And how much time have we spent in, in these things rather than spending time with the Lord? And that's the question that, that, that begs answering. Hello, welcome. It's... And so as we're, as we're looking at it, if we want to be the first century church, if we want to have the power that they had, if we want that dunamis power, then we need to be as dedicated to the word and to our prayer life and to our worship as they were. Amen? We, we, there, there's just something missing. We, we, live, we live in a society, we live in an age where, where people, people want the benefit without, without having to do and having to put the due diligence in to obtain the benefit. That's a, that, is, that is a welfare state, right? People are often surprised when we tell them if a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. That's what's in the Word of God. They're surprised. We, all, we, we, have, people come, we have people come and say, hey, um, I'm, I'm, down, I'm down and out. Can you, can you bring me some food? And we give them food. We, 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 yeah, we got we to gotta, we gotta give them food. Brother Summerall said, you, you, can't, you can't minister to people on an empty belly, right? So we give them food. All right, you, 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 come, you come on out to church, right? You hear them over there. They're chirping right now. Got to find that critter. Crickets. Two or three weeks later, they're back in the same situation. Hey, pastor, can we get, can we, no, 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 you, you never, you never, you never came out. We never had a chance to talk to you. We never had a chance to, we, we met your need. We brought you out of, out of the one. And where are you? Where are you? We can say that about not only, not only people in, in the, in the welfare state, in the welfare community, in the church at large. People want all the benefit of, of a spirit-filled, a full gospel church, but they don't want to put the time in. Today in society, people want to, they want to go to heaven, but they can't spend two hours at church. How can, I, how can I say I want to spend eternity with God when I won't spend an hour in his house worshiping him, praying and, and, and fellowshipping with the brethren? You say, well, I, I, I don't think it's required. Well, you haven't read Hebrews 10.25 lately, have you? Get into Hebrews 10.25, it says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together, you know as is the manner of some, even much more so, as you see that day approaching. I'm paraphrasing. What's the first thing that we're doing is we forsake the assembly. We've got other things to do. We've got other things to do. I don't know what could be more important in the day and age that we're living in than to be spending time with the Lord. He's coming back. He's coming back, and he's going to, he, when he appears, he's, when he appears this time, he's going to appear first to those who are watching and waiting for his appearing. I had a friend today who was telling me, well, you don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't mind dying, but it's that, it's that. It's like, wait, we're believers. We're blood-bought, spirit-filled believers. What are we going to say when, when death comes? <laughs> Grave, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? Because we're going to see the Lord. We're going to be in the presence. Of, the, the Apostle Paul said, for me to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. What have we been doing this for? 
What do we live this life for? So that we might serve him, please him, so that we can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So we're in 1 Peter, in chapter 1, and, and, and I'm just kind of touching base from where we were at on, on, on Sunday. And, and remember, we are going to go through various trials. All right? We are going to have various trials. That does not mean that God's mad at us. He may be considering us in the same, in the same category as he did Job. We go through a trial, especially if it's a fiery trial. We, we, may, be, we may be one that God held up, held up and said, Have you considered my servant, J.C.? And instead of taking it like postmodern Christians take it, oh, woe is me. Say, praise God. The Apostle Paul's told us to rejoice when we fall into various trials. And he, sa- he said, rejoice. I've got to work on that. It's easier to whine than rejoice. It's easier to complain. You know, and, and I'm thinking about it. You know, we, were, we were talking today, and, and, and our friends in Nigeria, our pastors and friends in Nigeria, God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in on the broadcast. Our friends in Nigeria, man, I don't know if you saw what's going on over there today, but Christians are dying for their faith over there. I might get somebody mad at me and yell at me. They are quite literally dying. What am I going to say? We're standing, we're standing in heaven together. Let's, let's, let's forward, fast forward a little bit. We're standing in heaven together. And here's one of these Christians in Nigeria or, or Coptic Christians in Egypt who have been martyred for Jesus' name. And when the Lord told me to talk across the pump at the guy I'm filling up my gas tank with, and I'm like, I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know that guy. He might, he, might, he might say bad things to me. Man, we are so lightweight these days. Are we truly, I mean, do we truly understand what Jesus did for us and what's happening to our brothers and sisters all around the world and some parts even in America? We've been so fortunate in Indiana. Our, 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 our fellowship churches up in Michigan, they, they were forced to shut down and some of them are still shut down. In California, they're saying you can't worship and if you do go to worship, you, you can't sing, you can't, you can't praise. You can't. They're, taking, they're taking Psalm 100 out of the church and, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. When this nation was formed, some men had the unction and I'm just going to say it's the unction of the Holy Ghost. Some men had an unction to say, you know what? In, in Article 1, we're going to say that, that we, can, we can make no laws with the establishment of religion. It's called, the, it's called the Establishment Clause. The government shall make no rules, no laws, with the establishment of a religion. And that was good. But let's take it a little bit further. Or the free exercise thereof. Some, some people had an unction. Fast forward, you know, fast forward 240 years, whatever, how much ever it is, 140, <laughs> anyway, and look where we are. One generation. I've said this before. We're living in a time when there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. We want, to, we want the benefits of a Christian nation but we don't want the burden of a Christian nation. 
before I go, before I go and stand on a picket line or a protest line, I better hit my knees and pray for my country and pray for my nation and pray for my community. Before I go and align myself with a man, I better align myself with the Lord first. Okay? All right. <clears throat> well, that's the introduction. I hope, uh, I hope that... Uh, all right. And so the apostle so the apostle Peter was talking he was he was telling us that we're going to we're going we're going to go through various trials. He was talking to the, the the children of the dispersion, right? They were they were dispensed and dispatched and and he was telling them he says uh, that the in verse number 7 he he says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's where we need to be. The genuineness of your faith. And in, in, in the Apostle Peter, when he was talking to these guys, he was saying, look, I know what you're going through. I know what you're dealing with. But keep on. Keep on. Stay the course. And that's, this is what he's saying. Whom, having not seen, you love. So who would he be talking to today? That's all of us. Having not seen him, we love him, right? Though now you do not see him, yet believing you, re, you, you rejoice with joy in, inexpressible and full of glory. We, need to, we, we know right now that he is. We know that he is. Jesus told, Jesus told Thomas, the upper room, one of the, one of the last upper room accountings, he told Thomas, he said, you seen me and touched me and believe. But he said, blessed are they who believe and have yet seen, have not seen. Blessed. Blessed is a, is a, is a weird word. We, it's it's kind of lost as, as, as words grow and, and as things change and over time, we just, can't, you know, we've, we've lost it. You know, whenever you see blessed, you, whenever you see a sign that says blessed, you need to say, hey, that's me. That's me. I'm blessed. You know what blessed really means? Literally means the literal translation of blessed means happy, happy. Blessed are you who believe and haven't seen. And then here is Peter saying again, you, you were blessed because we believe and we haven't seen. We rejoice. Now, is, faith, is, faith is, not, is, is not believing without evidence. How many, how many of you would, tonight would say, you know, I have evidenced the moving of God in my life. I have evidenced the moving of God in my, in my home. I have mo- evidenced the moving of God in, in my business, in, 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 in the job. I've, you know, God, has, if, it, if it weren't for God, where would we be? Right? I, God has ordained He's ordered our steps, hasn't he not? And if it wasn't for God ordering our steps, all we have to do is look at, look at, at, at people around us that came from where we came from and see their plight and say, but by the grace of God, there go I. That's where we need to be. We need, every time you see, the, you see a sign, or, and, 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 and Vanessa likes to shop at Hobby Lobby, and so does Ashley, and we, we, we do a lot, but I, every time I see that, I'm like, thank you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. One of the things we started doing a couple, three or four years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. 
You are blessed and highly favored of God. Are you, are you here? Born again believer, you are blessed and highly favored. Spirit filled believer, you are blessed and anointed and highly favored. Amen. The Holy Ghost in you, the, the, the hope of glory, which seals us unto that day. And we're blessed. Sometimes we can let words come, become cliche, but when you think about the entomology and the meaning of those words, man, we are blessed and highly favored of God. Amen? And, and I love when we tell people that, when we, we go and say, hey, how you doing? And some people say, well, I'm okay. How you, how you doing? And I say, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. They step, they step back. <laughs> they get that. Yeah. Wait a minute, that COVID thing, we got to stay six feet apart. That's all right. The Holy Ghost isn't bound by distance, oh, um, man, I, I, oh, I could preach. I, no, I'm, the Holy Ghost isn't bound by distance. Bishop Adu in, in Nigeria, the same Holy Ghost in him is in me. Pastor Glenn up in Sturgis, the same Holy Ghost there is here. There is one Holy Ghost, Right? Now, here's the thing. If God is no respecter of persons, and it's in there, if God is no respecter of persons, and we desire to do that good work, and he's put that call on our life, if God be for us, who then can be against us? Amen? If God be for us, who can be against us? It doesn't, it doesn't matter who, who is in charge of, of this world. We already know who's in charge of this world. We know who is the ruler, the prince of power of the air. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Remember we said that, we said that a couple of weeks ago. Jesus in me makes a majority. No matter where we are. Now, Jesus without me is still a majority. But Jesus in me, Christ in me, makes a majority. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In verse number 10, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to who? Yeah. Think about that. They prophesied of the grace that would come to you. And whenever you see you in their personal pronoun, in the first person, when I'm talking to you, you know, you say, What's that, what was that old line? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yeah, God's talking to you. You. Whenever you see you in there, it's to you. Put your name there. Right? And so, and so we're thinking, ah, let's read that. Let's read it. Let's read it like that. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to JC. Man. And they desired to look into the things that we have. 
And if the prophets of old were desiring to look into the things that we have, don't you think that we maybe ought to respect and revere the Holy Spirit a little more than what we do and not just be so casual with the Holy Ghost? Don't you think that if they desired to look into this and they wanted this but they weren't there yet and all of a sudden it's been dispersed and dispensed to us and we see it in Acts chapter 2 that the, that the Holy Ghost had come, the new church was born, it was birthed, and all of a sudden all the way down into 2020 there are still spirit-filled men and women of God that, that the prophets decided to look at this. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that they, when I get to heaven, they're going to say, wow, what did you do with the dispensation? What did you do with the Holy Spirit? What did you, what great works did you do? Well, um, I, 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 I text my friend. And then only after God told me to four or five times. Do you realize that after Acts chapter 2, that 120 in the upper room turned this world upside down? They turned this world upside down. Rome didn't know what to do with this new sect. They didn't understand them. Nero tried to kill them. He tried, he tried to, to, to eliminate it. Everywhere he would attack, they would, they would just be spread of further. Jesus told him, he said, you're going to tarry here until you're endued with power from on high, and then you'll be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the, in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Aren't you glad for the uttermost parts? Because here we are standing in the uttermost parts in what we used to be a cornfield in Indiana, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost is here, the Spirit of God is here, and we can do great exploits because of God, the Spirit of God in us. Amen? Amen. But will we? Will we? We got the, we've got the attitude. And I'm going to talk about the, the whole postmodern church. We've got the attitude of take it or leave it. Let's make a deal. God, you're getting a deal when it comes to me. You just don't know. You're getting a, you're getting a good deal with me, God. You know, when we look at God flippantly like that, and when we look at God like that, and we, and, and we may not say that. Oh, there are some that might, but we may not really say that. But when we say, you know, not today, God. I'm not having the best of days. You know, I, I'm reminded of what it must have been like heading into Calvary. When Jesus walked out of the, when, and, and supper being ended, they sang a hymn and they went out and, and he had chose three or four, handpicked them and said, hey, would you guys come with me? knowing what was facing him just hours away. Oh, that we might be like Jesus. This very same author that we're reading tonight, when it came his time, they were going to crucify him, and he said, I'm not, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. This very same guy so history records that he was crucified upside down. Oh, that we may be considered worthy. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. There's going to be a, there's going to be a cross to bear. But we have to understand, guys, ladies, we have to understand Jesus said his yoke was easy and his burden was light. He's already carried the cross. What are we going to do?
All right. <clears throat> Verse number 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. See what Peter's talking about? Yeah, we're going to go through times of, of trial. We're going to have, we may have, we may have fierce testings. We may have terrible trial. But there's glory to follow. The Apostle Paul said it, 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 didn't even, it didn't even consider, it didn't even compare the trials that he was going through, didn't even compare to the glory that awaited him. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute. We, we, went through that, we went through that study some time ago where the Apostle Paul warned us. Remember he warned us in the last days perilous times will come? And you start talking perilous times, man, you lose most of the postmodern church. I want to serve Jesus, but I don't want none of that perilous stuff. I mean, what could the Apostle Paul be doing? He was beaten with rods four times. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was, he was, he was isolated. They tried to kill him. He, you know, what, what, what world? If he's talking about perilous times, that crazy lady in Walmart, she, she, might, she might follow me around calling me a, calling me a Bible thumper. My brother, my brother-in-law, oh, heaven forbid. You know, we go around with the ringing of the hands. Come on. Either he, Jesus Christ is our all or he's not at all. He's got to be everything. He's got to be it. Forsaking all others. Trust him. That's where we got to be. That's where we got to... <clears throat> The glories, we, we know we're going to have the sufferings of Christ, but we're the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desired to look into. Oh. Angels desired to look into the things which we can do. <laughs> now this happens with Luke a lot. He'll say, why did you do it that way? We'll be doing something. We'll be working on a project. And Luke will say, why didn't you do it that way? Well, because I like overworking and overthinking things. That's, you know, that's the way I'm made. You know, no, no, I'm... <laughs> Can you imagine what the angels are doing? They're looking into these things. They're standing there looking into these things, and, and they're like, why didn't you just, why didn't you just you know, call that thing as, uh, that it was not as though it were? Why, why didn't you, you know, and, and, Jesus, and Jesus said, if you have the, the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could speak to this mountain and say, be plucked up and cast into the sea. Man. And I know some really, really, really people that I think have a lot, a lot, a lot of faith. I'm still not seeing a lot of mountains plucked up. Let me, let me, let me qualify that. Natural mountains but I've seen spiritual mountains completely obliterated. I mean, completely. 
I've seen sons and daughters return home that the devil had bound. I've seen people set free of alcoholism and drugs. I've seen people's chains fall off. I've seen, I've seen people receive healings that they weren't supposed to receive. I've seen, I've seen people whose natural body was broken and bent get up and start walking again. I've seen people who, whose legs were shorter than the other grow out. I've seen these miracles. And a lot of times people they want to laugh, especially today. Oh, that stuff doesn't happen. It doesn't happen if you don't believe. What did Jesus say? All things are possible to him who believes. It's hard to believe in something you make fun of. (laughs) We're live too. It's true. I'm just just going to tell you, you, those of you listening all over the world, it's hard to believe in something that you poke fun at. Because that is a way of isolating yourself. That's that, that's that distancing that you, you want to poke fun of it because you really want it to have you really want to have it in your life, but you can't believe for it and you don't think it's possible. And so you make fun of it and you distance yourself from it. And then, then nothing happens and you say, See, I told you nothing would happen. You have what you believe for. Because you believed it wouldn't, it didn't. All right, I'm just Okay. <clears throat> To them it was revealed that not to themselves. I'm, I'm going to skip down one. I already read that one. Angels desired to look into. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest in your hope fully upon the grace that is to be, that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, Modern vernacular, we, we've lost what it means to gird up our loins. We really have. You, you, have to look, you have to go back into the times that Peter was talking. Most men wore ropes, and they would have a slit up the side. And if they were going to run a race or fight a battle, they would grab it, and they would bring it up, and one between, and they would tie it in front and gird up. And so they would gird that up, and so then now they basically had uh, a pair of shorts, they could fight. They could do their chores. They could run, right? Today, if we were to, if we were to cross-reference that with a, 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 an illustration that we know today, it would be, let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Now, we understand that. We need, it's, time, it's time that we as believers roll up our sleeves and get to work. You know, and, and, and we, we understand then that, that truly, you know, Jesus looked out over the harvest. He says, some of you say that, you know, four months and then we have the harvest. But he said, but I tell you that the harvest is white and ready unto, unto the harvest. He said, therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers out into the field. That means that we got to either gird up your loins, if that's what you want to use, or roll up our sleeves and get to work. The time is short, and it's shorter now than it, than it was when Jesus was here. It's shorter now than it was when, when, when John died, the last, last of the apostles. It's shorter now than, than, than it was when, when Moody was here. It's shorter now than when Dr. Summerall was here. It's shorter now. We, we are finally in the final, the final hours. We're getting ready to see the final curtain call, I believe, of the late great planet Earth. I think we need to be about our Father's business. I think we need to be about the Father's business. There's no time, there's no time for me to be playing games anymore. <laughs> it, it, 
you, you guys, you guys, you must even know me. Man, we, we're together five minutes and you're going to be hearing about Jesus. Five minutes. You're, you're, somebody's going to be hearing about the Lord. Sometimes quicker than that if they, if they use his name in vain. Because I'll be like John Osteen. He was in an elevator and he was in an elevator in Dallas, Texas, and he was at a conference and he was coming down and there were some oil men that were coming down the elevator with him. And he said he went one floor and they were cussing and, 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 and calling God the dammer of this and God the dammer of that. And, and they got down another floor and he just started saying, well, praise the Lord. Bless God. Praise the Lord. And they looked at him like he like he'd lost his you know, marbles. They looked at him and said, what's wrong with you? He said, nothing, but I just think God ought to have equal time. He's not the dammer, he's the blesser, amen? And I just think he ought to have equal time. And you know what? That's the way we ought to be coming out in this. If we truly are in the last days, and, and, the, the, and the disciples believed it, what, what did John say when he, when he was writing down the end of the, of, the, of the revelation of John the Revelator? What did he say? Maranatha, come quickly. Even so, Lord, come. If he believed it, how much closer are we now? And a lot of people said, well, What's he? Okay, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. What, what's he waiting on? He's waiting on you. If he were to come now, where would we be? If he were to come, where would we have been? I thank God for this tremendous gift and the grace that he has, he has bestowed upon us. I thank God for his spirit and his power that he has bestowed upon us in this last day. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Well, it tells us to roll up our sleeves or gird up the loins of our mind. That means that we've got to watch what stuff we're putting in. <laughs> you know, what goes in comes out. You want to you wanna be, you wanna be a, a lawyer, you go to, you go to school and you, you put a bunch of law stuff in, you become a lawyer. You, you want to be a doctor, you go to med school and you put a bunch of medical stuff in, you comes out of... You want to be a servant of the Most High God and you want to be an obedient servant, then you put the Word of God in and the Spirit of God in and then it will, out of your belly, will then flow rivers of living water. Amen? You can't get out what's not in. And a lot of people want to, a lot of people think, and especially in America, a lot of people think, well, I, I, I believe in God and so, so I'm in. No. Even Satan believes in God more than any human ever, and he's not in. Jesus said, except you repent and turn. You just, he, said, he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That, that's, that's a little bit more than just believing. Right? We've, again, the words have lost their meaning. To believe is to believe in him as your last hope a parachute a life preserver a, fi a fire hose in, in in the middle of a fire if you will <coughs> excuse me he says gird up the loins of your mind be sober that means to be clear thinking don't don't it's so easy i see so many people they, especially now election year time i see so many believers who have their minds clouded and worrying about what's going on let me tell you something even if your candidate doesn't win this election let me just tell, let me just be real clear with you it would it, even the worst candidate that we could possibly have is still a thousand times better than nero and the church grew under nero i i'm 
Boy, I hate to say this, but every time that the world persecutes the church, the church grows. Right? Every time that the world persecutes the church. You know, I, I, I told these guys one time, I'm going to get me, I, maybe it's the men's breakfast. I told the guys, I'm going to get me a shirt that says, persecute us at your own peril. Right? Try to shut us up. Try to box us in. Try to do what you want. Because the Holy Ghost will come and there will be a shaking of this earth like there's never been before. And, and hopefully that last great revival just before the coming of the Lord will happen and, and, and the whole world will be saved. It's not God's will that any should perish. But that all should come to the knowledge of Christ. Saving knowledge. Right? Persecute us at your own peril. Now here's the question. We've been talking about this. So the Apostle Peter's talking to us about this. That might mean it's going to get a little ouchy. And the Apostle Paul said in the last days, perilous times are going to come. We might, we, we might get persecuted for our faith. They may not like me wearing my Jesus saves mask. You're going to make me, I've, I've got so many compliments on it. I've got, only got two or three people who get away from me. One lady, we were, we were at, a, at a store somewhere there. A lady looks over at the thing and she lifts her mask up. She lifts her mask up. I love your mask. And I pulled mine down a little bit. I said, I do too. And I said, if they're going to make me cover my mouth, at least they're going to, and people are going to make sure to check it. I got a mask. It's going to say Jesus saves on it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it for a testimony. I'll turn that test into a testimony, won't you? In everything, in all, all our ways. All our ways. Trust Him. Trust God. In all, you know, consider, consider, consider where we would be without the Lord. Consider where we would be without Holy Spirit in our lives. Man, He's the Comforter. I... I would be remiss. I, I, would be, I would be lost, literally. I would be, I would be completely berserk if I didn't have something outside of the, the norm here empowering me, pressurizing me. Remember we talked about the submarines and the airplanes? Pressurizing us from the inside out. Can you imagine going through, going through what we're going through today and not having confidence in Jesus and not having, not having the Holy Spirit as your comforter and your guide? Could you imagine? I've seen, I've seen people, I'm seeing people come apart. That's why, that's why our country is in the state in shape that it's in because people have no hope. They're devoid of hope because they're, they're hollow inside. And that which they put their trust in has failed them. Nobody... Nobody is as desperate. Nobody, nobody is as disgruntled. Nobody is as hopeless as some who have lost all hope. And what about those that never had hope to begin with? If you put your hope in men or a system, you will surely, surely be disappointed. And let me tell you, we're dealing with a lot of disappointed people, aren't we? And it's, I, I hate to, I hate to, I'm not, I'm not going to prophesy this, but I'm telling you, there are going to be people that are going to be even more disappointed in a couple of weeks. Amen. There are going to be people. You know, it, we, we, we were talking about it before we came on air. I mean, some people have spent the last four years hating on a guy. 
hating, literally hating him for no other reason than, than I mean, they've, they've tried everything. Some people are going to be disappointed in a couple of weeks. All right? We need to be ready to share the hope that is within us. That hope in you that's full of glory. That hope in you that seals you against that day. That hope in us, that same hope that if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you start seeing about the, the heroes of the faith. The Bible says that of some of them, the world was not worthy. I hope that when I stand before him, not only will I hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, but I hope that when I go out of this world, that I can, that I can say, as the Apostle Paul, there is therefore now, now, right now, a crown of righteousness laid up for me. You know how you get that crown of righteousness laid up for you? You, put, you get Christ in your heart, and you live for, for the Apostle Paul gave us the, the, he gave us the, the, the combination. He said, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. That means within five minutes, you're going to hear Jesus. At 10 minutes, you're going to hear the blood. And in, and in 15, if you give me 15 minutes, you're going to have an invitation to come to know Jesus Christ and to come to put your faith and trust in him because the time's short. The time, I don't have time to, I wish I had time. I, I, you know, but but even, even the apostles thought that they were, they were in the last days. Based on what we see and based on the, our study of eschatology, I, you know what, I'm telling you, we are in the last days. We are seeing, we are seeing the, the, the books being played out in front of us. And whatever social media will show us, we can lay it side by side with. I, think that's, I don't think they're trying to get a political advantage. I think that somebody in one of those social media may be a backslider, and they may have said, hey, you know what? When I was a kid in school and Sunday school, Grandma taught this and Grandpa taught this, and it's getting too freaky. We shouldn't publish everything because it'll mess people up. But let me just tell you, looking at the world events, not only are we in this half of the Bible, we're in this half. We're right here. I mean, we're right up next to the maps. Are you ready? Now, now watch. I love, I love this part. This is, this is the part that's going to, I mean, if you weren't blessed up until now, your blessers broke. I'll just, but let me just tell you, this is going to bless you. Remember what Mordecai said to Esther? Who knows? But what you were born for such a time as this. God didn't make mistakes. The Lord didn't make any mistakes. He knew who he could put in at the end of the game. He knew who he could trust to handle the ball in the last minutes of the game. Now, if that don't bless you, born-again believer, spirit-filled believer, if that don't bless you, well, we got plenty of altar space because that should bless you because given where we are and given the time and given, and given what we know and given everything that we, that we have been taught from, from all the way from, from, from the apostles to now, given the things that we've been taught and given what we know and given the sight that we have, You win the game at the most important time. And the Lord 
And the Lord knew that he could put you in. I remember one time we were talking. We were talking a little bit about football before everybody got here. I remember one time we, uh, my senior year, man. I don't know. I, I forget. We were like at the, we were like it, it was going into sectional time, and and uh, coach coach looked down the line, and he's like, "What do I got to do? What do I got to do?" Man, it was a tough game. We were playing a rival out of Kokomo. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy game. And. He said, "I got to do something." They, 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 they got the tapes. They, they were watching. They knew, they knew everything in the tr- every, every play in the book. He said, "Got to do something." And so he called for like four different people that hadn't played all night long. Matter of fact, they hadn't played much in the whole year. But he had had his eye on them as they were practicing, and they came up with this crazy trick play. Nobody knew about it because it wasn't in his book, and they'd never done it. But he needed an advantage. He needed something that the enemy hadn't seen before. (laughs) Right? He needed something that was going to break the routine. Going to break the mold. Something that they weren't prepared for. So these four guys come up to, yeah, coach, yeah, coach. Matter of fact, they were kind of shocked that he called them. He goes, that thing you guys were doing out there in practice the other day, you think that'll work? Well, it's worked every time we did it on our team. <laughs> you think that'll work? And he said, yeah. He goes, all right. We got about a minute left. We need a score. A field goal can win it for them. We were ahead just just by a point or two. A field goal can win it. We need a score. All right. And you know what happened? These guys were goofing around all this time. And it was working every time they did it. But when they got called on, they got nervous. Uh, uh, Coach, you really think that's really not? We just just did that. and We were just kind of playing around. And he said, you said it would work. I'm depending on you. Matter of fact, he had him in the half huddle there and he said, look behind you. Your team's depending on you. He said, look beyond that. These fans and your family are dependent on you. We are in the last seconds of a game called life. As we know it. And look who he's called. Who knows, said Mordecai, but whether you were born for such a time as this. They run off, they run off into the field. They were thinking, what if this doesn't work? But he had seen something. They were thinking, what if this doesn't work? How many times have you ever thought, man, what if this doesn't work? Pastor, how many times have you thought, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm going to listen to you, but what if it don't work? What if it doesn't work? I, Lord, I hear, I hear what you're telling me. What if it doesn't work? 
they ran off and they got in the huddle on the field and they said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And they explained it real quick. And, and some of the guys, some of the people that had been there for a while said, you mean that stupid thing that you've been doing in practice? See, there are going to be some people that make, you, you mean that, you mean that you, you guys, you guys, you, you guys, what are you Johnny come lately's doing? And one of the worst, th- one of the worst things you can hear in the church is, we've never done it like that before. But one thing that the enemy hates worse than anything. We ain't never done it like that before. They said, all right, on two. The big lineman broke out, and I was I was a guard on the inside, you know. You break out, man. This ain't never gonna work. This ain't never gonna work. How many people do you see in the body of Christ walking away? This ain't gonna work. It's, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't. Sure enough, my buddy Terry got over the ball, and he it was a shotgun snap. He snapped it, and, and they were expecting the they were expecting the quarterback to get it, and. And the halfback stepped in aside and he took it and he and he and he caught the snap. And they were going, sweep, sweep, and, and he took three steps and he flipped it back to the quarterback who who now by by now the tight end was all the way into the end zone. He was covered and he flipped it and they, they tackled him and nothing and, they, and now half the team was like and then they look pass and the quarterback let the ball go. It was like it was awesome. It was like, you know, you didn't have slow-mo back in the day, but it was like it was in slow motion, you know. We were all, we were all running, you know, running, and, and, and they're looking, and there's our tight end, and he's just sitting there. He's all alone in the end zone. The strategy, the plan had worked. <laughs> and they got the ball back with like 20-some seconds to go. All we had to do was hold on. And win. The plan will work. The plan will work if we apply it. The plan will work if we if we trust the coach. The plan will work if we if we go with that 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 instruction that comes from on high. The plan will work if we if we don't lean on our own understanding but fully trust in God. The plan is going to work. You know why I know that? You know how I can say that with confidence? Because he's never lost one battle yet. Undefeated. The champion of the universe and beyond is Jesus Christ, our hope and glory. Amen? God bless you, those of you watching tonight. I hope the, the study has helped you out. I hope that you were, you were encouraged tonight. Listen, we are on the winning side. You are on the winning side. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come back Sunday. We hope to see you then. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.